We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome to another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. That is Tyler Siski with his opening his bottle of rain. Thanks for being with us here on this Monday afternoon. Appreciate you joining us. Talk for a second time. Check, check, fix. mic, oh, check. No, you're good. You're good. You don't have to check mics. I just got to, I need to full screen back. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm rolling with the cherry limeade today. I'm going back to back Thursday, Monday, cherry limeade. I needed some juice today, and this cherry limeade is about as smooth as it gets. Have an energy issue? I'm tired today. I did not sleep well last night. So I am. I don't sleep well hardly any night, but. I got a good sleep score last night. I got a 91. Maybe that's when you're in a good mood. I did sleep some this weekend. I I realized last week that I had hit, hit the wall and that I needed. I needed to recharge the batteries a little bit. And so after we got through the recruiting stuff, like Thursday, yeah. come Friday, I was like, you know what? I'm taking a little, taking a little chill time, taking a little me time. Yeah, I know. We were talking before we got started. I mean, you, you ventured out and. I know it's big news. The Neil, headline Neil, news. Neil went someplace in Oxford for like an hour. Socially. Well, I mean, not <laughs> kind of socially. It was anti-socially. Did I you sat- talk to anybody at the bar? Just to told the um, anybody that wasn't employed there. Did no, you talk to anybody that wasn't? I did, employed I did not. There? I'm kind of like my feelings were a little hurt. I didn't get the invite, man. There well, was it was beer a, drinking. It was a spur of the, the moment thing. Uh, Caroline had a um, a shoulder. She came into town to get. Um, she's going to have to have a procedure done on her shoulder this summer. Labrum. It appears that she has a torn labrum. Ooh. And and so we're had that one. We're right now in the pain maintenance portion of the cortisone shot um i'm not sure what exactly shot it was but she got a shot yes and um those work by the way let's hope so and um i think it will but about as good a doctor as you're possibly going to get um 
gave it to her. So if if this doesn't work, then it's it's bad. The pain management into the labrum really hurts, man. Yeah, I mean they they don't because they don't go through the or they didn't with mine anyway. They don't go through the front where it hurts. They go through the back. They go through the back, and they have to take that needle and and basically take it over the the joint. Not not yeah. not fun. I watched that, and so anyway, does that give you the GBs? No. Do needles bother you? No. Does blood bother you? Not really. Watching the needle go into my daughter's shoulder bothered me. Yeah. But I trusted the doctor implicitly who was doing it. Um. So she, we did that, and then she went to visit with a couple of her friends or something. I think she was going to the Kyo house at Ole Miss to see some friends of hers that are there. And, and so just spur of the moment as I was driving home, I was like, you know, it's 2.30. I went for a long run this morning. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. And I just stopped and went to the blind pig by myself. And I laughed to myself because I'm like, this is my first time out in Oxford in like <laughs> 10 months. <laughs> Dude, we got to get you out more, man. I mean, you make me look like just a social butterfly. Oh, compared to me, you are like <laughs> you are like the, the Oxford Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I even left the house this weekend. And you make me look like a social butterfly. I'm sure I did. I just don't remember. My Try wife will probably tell me I didn't. Did I know I did not leave yesterday. Did you not leave the house? Not yesterday. Do you, do you? Do you? Are you the type that gets nervous if you go days without leaving the house? Do I get nervous? Yeah. Does it bother you? <laughs> Hell no. No, I'm the same way. <laughs> no. Like I have people going. I go stir crazy. I'm like I just didn't even think. About I have it. plenty to do. I mean, I got three kids. Yeah. I take it back. Saturday, I left and went to. Uh, uh, me and my man Ronnie Williams went to uh, out to look at some baseball stuff. Okay. So I did leave for about. An hour and a half on Saturday. There you go. So that, that was my get out. Y'all coaching again? We are. Okay. We are changing organizations. So I don't know when I can, Ronnie can tell me when I can make an official announcement. Okay. But yeah, no, we got, we got kids on our team. Uh, it's a little different this year because we used to coach, you know, fall and spring, but now they're all the kids for high school now. Mm -hmm. So you can't do anything till high school's over. So we have some kids from Lafayette, some kids from Oxford. And uh, so we can't do anything till everybody gets done. So it'll be a busy summer. One of my regrets for Carson was that he had such a negative travel ball experience with baseball at that age. Yep. Because I think he would have like really liked baseball. Tall, left-handed kid. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, oh, I could tell stories. Oh, I got. I've already. I've been. Um, Ronnie could probably tell some stories on me too. Um, I've had a couple run-ins with some baseball coaches already in my short stint. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I just, I mean, it's not that serious, man. <laughs> we got, yeah, <laughs> I've had some. So, anyway. We're brought to you by Rain. This podcast always brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Speaking of, Bob, our guy at Monster, he was a, he got drafted in Major League Baseball draft. Yeah. He's a, he's a big baseball guy. Yeah. I think the, he ended up with – he's going to shoot me when I tell him that I think I'm right. Padres, I think, is where he finished up. For some reason, that sounds right. But I just – I know he went to Northwestern, and he was like the home run leader. Yeah, I remember he him talking about, talk about his career. So, All right, so uh, you wanted to talk about the NFL maybe missing an opportunity. Yeah, XFL, USFL, AFL, all these leagues. I want to get your opinion, have too. Have spring football. Okay. All right, so we got – we, we've gone from no leagues to 
one league to two leagues, and now that COVID's over, and I'll tell you what, the the old AFL, the uh, Alliance League that they had going right when COVID hit, they had something going there a little bit. I think that was going to work the way that they had it funded correctly. They were paying the players correctly. They had a TV deal, and then COVID hit, right? Kind of shut everything down. But now we're, we got the XFL starting. We got USFL starting. And now we got arena football starting. And there's just not enough talent to go around. There is for one league, I think. I don't think for three additional. Do you agree with that or disagree with I that? I agree with that. Um, you're talking to somebody that does not. It's going to – for me to watch spring professional football or spring football period, I'm either going to have to be getting paid to cover it are you going to have to have to come up with something that gets me turned to it? Yeah, I'm football guy now. I, I mean, I are. love it, and I don't watch it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Now, let me tell you what I do. I'll watch uh, the XFL because AJ's playing as the quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks, but I'm not watching because I'm interested in the game as much as I am interested in his performance. Yeah, you're not fiending for football in yeah, the spring. I'm, I'm watching him play, and I'll watch all their games and, and all that. But, but here's where I, I've I've said this for a while now. Again, it's kind of like our uh, transfer rule that everybody uh, gets gets hot at me for my opinion on that. Some uh, matter of fact, most people agree with my opinion. By the way, just I got a lot of phone calls in Texas this week. Not most, a uh, hundred. I had a hundred percent agreement. By the way, uh, nine nine FBS head coaches I talked to since last Thursday, hundred percent in agreement with my my statement. But anyway, nobody nobody understands it. Anyway, here's my thing. I think the NFL is missing an opportunity here. I think, in my opinion, the reason that these leagues don't really make it is branding. Like, who who knows any one player on the Birmingham Stallions or the New Jersey Generals or the Houston Gamblers? Nobody knows that. Why doesn't the NFL, okay, making a – so they have a 53-man roster. 45 of those are active on Saturday or Sundays, okay? Have another 53 players. So now you're up to – call it 105 just for – that's what the – college rosters were 105 and now if you don't play if excuse me if you play in seven games or less during the season then you you're eligible to play in the spring which is you still keep your 53 and all that stuff but you're eight you only play 17 games a year because it's a 10 game season in the spring it'll help develop the kids you can't tell me that the nfl can't get a tv deal for that you're getting owners who a lot of times own the stadium, so you're getting more, you know, you're getting uh, fans in the stands. And I, I could see it being like an NFL preseason attendance, if not a little bit more. But now as fans, you're going to follow it more because you have vested interest. If you were a Bears fan, you would probably watch the Bears play a little bit when you would watch so they'd one wear, game. they'd wear Bears uniforms yeah. and be the Bears? and Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, why, I mean, you would watch a game or two more than you're going to watch this other stuff. Well, I mean – I would watch that more. Yeah, because I, I don't watch the other stuff. I mean, I'm a season guy, right? Football's in the fall for me. And so when the spring rolls around, I, I mean, look, I watch a lot of NBA. I know that makes me weird in these parts, but I watch a lot of NBA. I watch uh, – I mean, I'm up here at night when I'm working. I'll have an NBA game on here and an NBA game on there. You have the package? Yeah. NBA oh, package? yeah. Yeah. Um, But I watch a lot of Major League Baseball. Um. In the spring, I don't like the thought of, hey, I'm going to watch a, a pro football game. Just I don't, It doesn't resonate with me. But if you told me that I was watching 
the Bears versus the Lions, and there were some developmental guys. I might be more inclined to at least turn it on. My question would be, and I don't know this. Yeah. This is not me being rhetorical at all. I would wonder whether the NFL would listen to that and go, it's a lot of expense. But it's really not, though. That's what I've, I've actually looked at it. All right, so you're getting – I mean, sure, it's going to be a little bit of an expense, but you're, you've already got all these guys on rookie deals and everything else. Okay, so it's just like you're paying them for their ch- – like, so if you get a – let's just call it for shits and giggles, even numbers. Let's say you made a $1.7 million in the NFL. Every Tuesday, you're getting a $100,000 check in the games that you played in, one, that you were active in. If you're on a practice squad that week, you're getting like $8,000. You don't get your what's your contract. Does that make sense? Sure. So you're getting basically – a full year's workout of them, and you're getting development. And, I mean, we're talking about paying quarterbacks $60 million, right, for right. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you can fund three teams for that much. But what you're getting back in a TV deal and what you're getting back in, in ticket sales year-round. And the other thing is, is coaches, too. You're developing coaches. Everybody has these assistant offensive line coaches. It gives uh, guys the chance to be the head coach or whatever it is. You already have the staffing and everything else that's needed. Um, and you're not putting any extra – ding on their body, you know what I mean, the, the players, because you are you can't play, then it's the same as playing in the season, right? And then it'll allow you during, you know, if you if you have a situation like the 49ers had when you had to go through all these quarterbacks, you've got somebody that actually has experience um, in your system. And you can practice all you want to. I know we've talked about this, but there's no substitution for live reps. There's just not. So I would, I would be very interested. I wish they would do that. And I think it would give – First of all, it would squish all these squash all these other leagues. They wouldn't have a chance to. They wouldn't have a hill to stand on. It would be the number one spring league. It would be that for sure. And so you're squashing all this out, but there's just not. I mean, look, what are we talking about? Every team is what fifty guys. There's not another hundred and fifty players. It's like three times as much talent that it would take to play. It's just there's just not that much. You think the offensive line league, offensive line plays bad in the NFL? Wait till you watch some of this stuff. Speaking of the NFL. It was quite the uh, topic among players this weekend. We'll get to the the Pro Bowl. We'll get to that in a minute. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you don't want to admit the quiet part out loud. Um, NFL talking about outlawing the hip drop tackle after a couple of these injuries. Uh, Pollard with the Cowboys, the Patrick Mahomes injury. I don't know if you heard, but Patrick Mahomes played on one leg. It's a miracle. He's a miracle worker. He's the... He's the first quarterback in the history of the game to play with a sprained ankle. It's incredible what he's been able to do. It's truly remarkable. He almost died, and he came back a week later and had a lower quarterback rating. How do you really Burrow. feel about that, Neil? <laughs> <sighs> Patrick Mahomes. I mean, who are you pulling for Sunday, Neil? <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but he could – Barely walk when he got up on Sunday morning, and somehow he guided his team to victory on the on the battlefield. It was it was a stunning development. Oh, you killed me. Um, they want to outlaw the hip drop tackle. I saw Logan Wilson with the Bengals just go no, it no. It, it, one guy I can't remember who it was, an NFL defender said, "Next thing you're going to say is that we, how are we supposed to bring down these elite?" super athletic people that they're trying to tackle. I mean, they're not trying to tackle me and you out there. They're tackling people who can like really do things with their bodies. 
if you take away the ability, you can't hit them high. Can't hit them high. You can't. You can't, can't, can't grab them from behind. Can't grab them from behind. You can't. Or you can't horse collar. You, this is what you can't do. As we can't horse collar, which is putting your hand inside the. Uh, I forgot the actual name of the term, but basically, um, inside the shoulder pads and yanking them down from behind. Can't target. Can't hit them high. Quarterbacks, you can't hit low. So now we can't <laughs> from the back either. There's so, just, hey, maybe Sunday was a sign of things to come. No, I refuse to stop. Maybe, maybe like everybody that's maybe been we're going to put that, flags look, on them. All you, I almost said a cuss word. All you <laughs> buttholes out there that are, I mean, flag football are saying the future of football. Everybody watch the Pro Bowl. It's the future of football. No, 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 no. Stop. Quit. Quit. Just quit. Just save yourself. Some you could put time. advertising on the flags. Quit. It's not doing it. It's not doing it. It's never going to happen. But anyway, here here is seriously a problem is for safety concerns, you know, I say several, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, um, people started teaching tackling a little bit different instead of just the old-fashioned square them up and, you know, what you were taught when you were in high school, put your head on the ball kind of stuff. People started teaching a lot what, you know, what Pete Carroll was doing out in Seattle, which is, I call it gator roll tackling. But um, part of that is that you're – you're going to end up around their waist and their lower half. It's impossible to def- like. We put in a we put in this great safe thing on tackling that's that stopped numerous injuries. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to outlaw that because it really caused two prominent injuries. It's part of the game. Every tackle. I mean, it's a contact sport. I don't think anybody's jumping on. I mean, you're never going to be in a position where you're going to intentionally jump on the back of somebody's hips. This slide down the hip, back of the knees, what it is. This tackle, you're never going to do that on purpose. The only time I've ever, you know, me playing the game, I was thinking about this the other day, is like if you're a tight end, a tight end's caught the ball and maybe a DB's trying to tackle him in space from behind, you got to get the big boy down somehow. You just can't go for a ride. I mean, if you hit, if you hit, if you're Mike Hilton and you hit Travis Kelsey, if he, if you hit him from behind, he's not going down. Does that make sense? Of course. You have to grab his legs and have him stop. So what does Mike Hilton got to do? Like, slow down, Travis, and you got to go run around him to the front to tackle him? That's oh, the, that would – think how much safer that would be. I mean, what are we talking about? Well, this that, is the how dumbest. Much safer, how much safer would that be? Like – Travis would probably sign up for that. What are we like, – Now, what happens if Mike says, hey, Travis, please slow down, and, and Travis refuses? <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard of in my life. There's one. I tried. Uh, I can't. I made it. How long did I make it? Oh, uh, you did fine. You got us. You got us to a safe spot. All right, but that's so dumb. Like, what are we doing? I mean, I get targeting cool. All right, this roughing the quarterback stuff's out of hand. Like, they want to fix a rule. Let's go fix that one. Let's go fix roughing the quarterback. Because I heard. Did you hear this? Did you see? Um, all I know about quarterbacks is that Patrick Mahomes played with just one leg. Did you see? That's did, all I know. Did you see Trent Dilfer calling out all the new quarterbacks, talking about how because there's no contact downfield and now all these quarterback rules that he kind of thinks that the uh, current quarterback is highly overrated? Oh, I didn't see that. Pretty good point. I mean. There's no fear anymore because you can't hit guys going across the middle anymore. You can throw balls and fit balls in there. You used to not do. Can you imagine John Elway in today's football? Like John Elway yeah. in his twenties in today's football, or Marino, any of those guys, but Ronnie Lott, you can't do Ronnie Lott would not make it in today's football. <laughs> no, you have to completely change the way you play the game. 
I mean, Steve Atwater. Yeah. Totally have to change the way he plays the game. What was my guy for the Cardinals? Cecil. I can't remember his first name. Oh, I know who you're talking about. He would he would jack you up too. John Lynch. John Lynch. I have to play the game completely differently today. Jack you up. He couldn't do that today, though. No. It's just a different game, man. Uh, Troy Palamua to play the game differently today. I'm glad you made an attempt at pronouncing his name because I would have not been able to. I mean, just everybody, all this, every team had that enforcer, right? I yeah. mean, that's basically what it was. A lot of them did, sure. That's what it was. And, you know. You had the guy that punished you if you came over the middle of the field. Yeah. And you knew I played, I played slot. And I knew when I came across the middle, I knew who their guy was. And if I, if I could not see him, that meant I went down because <laughs> he was somewhere it was going to hurt. If you can see it coming, you're fine. It's the ones you can't see coming. So, Bill Bates, there you go. Fun fact, I recruited Bill Bates' son, Arkansas State. Really? Graham Bates did. Safety. Did the same thing. He'd knock you out, too. Fun fact. Played, played high school football with Tim Tebow. At the Bowles School? Uh, no, at Nice. Oh, at Nice. nice. Okay. Tebow played at Nice? He did. Did he play at the Bowles School ever? Mm-mm. He did not? Okay. I wonder why I thought that he did. Uh, all right. Uh, How about this? My man Vic Fangio, did you see that? Oh, well, I, I, I did not know the number was what it was. <laughs> $4.5 million per for three years. That's big-time money for a coordinator. That just re- He reset the market by himself. That's a that's there's some guys calling their agents. Yeah, hey, uh, see what had happened was <laughs> coach four point five million dollars a year for a coordinator in the NFL. Well, in today's NFL, for the most part, and there are exceptions. The head coach is a coordinator on one side of the ball, usually offense. Yep, and he hands over the defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator is basically the co-head coach. Does fewer of the off the field stuff, but on the field he has his side of the ball. Yeah, so I I get it. Four point five mil though. I mean, if you can put you can it, it, if you can put an elite defense out there, you'll he's get good. paid. I mean, he's as yeah. good as gets. All right, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this because it was I had it on the TV. I didn't even have the volume up. The Pro Bowl was a joke because we knew it was going to be. But here was here was the part of the Pro Bowl. If this, if this doesn't tell you after we went on our Tyler Huntley deal, so one of the reasons our good friend Tyler Huntley made it into the Pro Bowl last week was because our friend Josh Allen mm-hmm. said he was injured. He couldn't participate. And literally it says injury is the reason he wasn't there. Okay. But me being a big golf fan like I am, I'm just flipping the tube. My man Josh Allen is playing the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this weekend. On the, well, on, maybe the, his, on the same on the same day that the Pro Bowl was, maybe his injury wasn't. Like, what what injury did he have that maybe, he couldn't that he could play golf but he couldn't play flag football? Ankle? <laughs> no, I mean yeah, it would hurt trying to play golf. Or Patrick Mahomes could do it. Oh, he could do it. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he didn't want to. He didn't want to be there. A lot of them didn't want to be there. Some of them were just outwardly calling it a joke, and it really was stupid. Do you know what I? You know what I? I was just. I lost all hope for it was when I turned it on, mm-hmm. there was no flag football game on. I was watching long snappers, punters, and kickers play tic-tac-toe on a big screen as a part of the competition. I was done. I just I saw a long snapper snapping it, trying to play tic-tac-toe, and they were – They were yeah. trying to kick the ball to hit hit an X? Yeah. kick. They had a long snapper, the punter, and 
So the long snapper was snapping from the 25-yard line, and the punter and the field goal kicker were kicking from 45 yards away, playing tic-tac-toe. That's what we're doing. Yeah, no, I'm good. I, I don't. I like football, but I don't like it that much. I, I, I don't need. I don't need that. I mean, look, I'm football. Guy. NFL Films had a Super Bowl marathon. The the highlights, you know, the, the yeah, I would do that. That was good. That was solid. I would do that. That's where you realize, man, Tom Brady was the goat. Because like I'm, I'm in here working. I'm not really watching. It's having on, but every five minutes, it's Tom Brady, and it's like, damn, did he play in that one too? And you're like, yeah, he played in all of them. 2001 was the first. Like one. Tom Brady played in 31 Super Bowls. <laughs> it's a lot. What did he play? So it's from he played 01, in 10. 01 to 23, basically. He played in every other Super Bowl. Pretty much. 10 yeah. out of 22 or 23, whatever it was. Um, but <laughs> Killer Cam says that's what they do at practice. You know what? <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> you know what? Those those guys, let's see, I know a kicker pretty well. I know a couple of kickers pretty well, and I actually want to do a kicking show about what do y'all do all day? Like, we can call LT. He'll do it. He'll do it. Yeah. If, because, you know, it's like because they go kick at the beginning of practice and then they leave and then they usually kind of finish practice with kicking. Yeah, every and place so, is different. And but, yeah. but like there's an hour and a half. They just go someplace and it's like, what do you want them to do? Because like, at the end of the day on Saturday or Sunday, they're either going to make the kicks or they don't. And what they do in the interim really doesn't matter to you. You don't want them out there running around getting hurt. You don't need them being a a, a body dummy out there yeah they got to be healthy and so you can't kick two hours a day so what do they what do they do i mean my guess is that they just go hang out and chat and so funny story (laughs) that just brought up all kinds of crazy things in my head so when i was at when i played at auburn there were no roster limits as far as title nine so we had like 150 kids on the team well like 40 of them were kickers and so Rob Barone is a good friend of ours. He hung out. He we don't call him a kicker. He was a he was a cool dude. Well, he he'd be like, dude, we w- we would kick like period three. I'm talking about we'd stretch. I mean stretch, catch and pack goes, and it was special teams. Well, dude, that was it. That was all we kicked for the whole day. And so we had the you know the practice facility, the same place it is still at Auburn. Uh-huh. They would all leave and go walk down to the stadium which is, you know, two blocks away, a block away, whatever it is. And they'd play flag football the whole practice against each other. And then they would come back in time to start to, you know, wrap it up, coach would talk or whatever. Um, LT, I don't know what the guys at Troy – I know they went around in the stadium and messed around a little bit because we were right next door. But LT was not a what I call a kicker. He was a, He's actually a really good athlete. He would uh, – Lawrence Tynes, he would, uh, like, during – inside and things like that he would line up at receiver stuff during inside messing around um because he was just a good athlete but he never got in the way or got anything like that but yeah it's a it's a pretty good life if you can if you can do it and of course jk scott at alabama is the golden nick saban's only golden child of all time he could get away with murder really yeah i hadn't told that on here no <laughs> all right so <laughs> hope i don't get in trouble for this so he's Jay, in the pros now, right? Yeah, he kicks for San Diego. Okay, or LA. Chargers, whatever. Yeah, Chargers. Yeah. So for um, people our age, they'll always be San Diego. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. So he, to this day, I mean, the greatest punter I've ever seen with my own two eyes. I mean, just could launch it. Yeah. And so 
we we had a opening. Our punter had left. It was my next. I think it was my last year at Alabama. We had an opening for a punter, and so uh, uh, coach said, "Hey, we're going to have a kicking camp in the summer. This is the previous summer. We're going to have a kicking camp." Make sure he told like whoever the kicking guru was that I can't remember who it was. Tell him that we're going to have a scholarship for a punter. Well, dude, every punter in America shows up for this camp. Well, J.K. wins it, right? And he's from Denver. And so we were really concerned because he's out there kicking in altitude and stuff like that. And we're like, I don't know how much of it's altitude and all that stuff. Well, just comes out there and just launches mortars. Well, being in Denver, he doesn't get to come back at all, right? He comes back for his official visit. He comes back for official visit and then comes back when it's time to report the next June. So now we're in this next kicking camp. All right. And um, that was the year that players could coach in the camps or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so coach was like, hey, go tell him to get loose. We need to see if he's if he can do this thing or we got to figure out what we're going to do for punter this year. Okay, cool. So we got the kicking camp, we got there and get him loose. And he goes out there and, and uh, we're walking out there. And, and as we're walking to him, he is just launching mortars, man, just, just killing them. And so I have my stopwatch on me. And so uh, Coach Saban had a straw hat on, had his little practice script. And we were standing off to the side. And he says, what's that? He you know, has it above his mouth. And he says, you know, what's that? And I said, Coach, that's like it's 53 at like a 4.9. Hang. He's like, okay. Boom. What's that? I said, Coach, that's like 54 with a 50 hang. I mean, just launching balls. And we had this new assistant like a quality control guy and it's a camp so he can kind of instruct you know so he's like you know jk you know i think you should not drop the ball like this i think you should you know do this with the ball and jk's first day you know he's like oh okay cool he goes and then shanks the shit out of it right Uh (laughs) he's like no you're dropping it's gotta be like this and he goes shanks the other way and uh nick goes hey what's that guy's name (laughs) (laughs) i told him he's like hey Come here, I'll tell you something. Talking to the coach. Uh-huh. He goes, if you ever say another fucking word, <laughs> your ass is great. Your ass is gone. Don't say another word. And, dude, nobody coached the guy. So he's all good all summer. Uh-huh. This is the end of the story. All good all summer. We're like, I don't know, day three of camp. Day three or four of camp. And uh, we get out there, and we're doing punt like period four. And J.K., I mean, his first three days, he just launched rockets the whole time, right? Uh-huh. True freshman. Day four, he gets out there, he starts shanking them again. And Nick's in the back, right, standing behind the punter. He's like, J.K., what's going on? He's like, Coach, you know, my, my back's hurt, my hamstrings. He goes, why are you so sore? He goes, you know, we were power cleaning yesterday in the weight room and all that stuff. Dude, Nick's just <laughs> – Nick's pissed. All right, Nick's pissed. <laughs> and so this is the only time this ever happened the entire time I was at Alabama. Uh-huh. All right, so we go, Nick's pissed the whole rest of practice. He's going off the whole practice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're breaking the team down, right? He's doing his deal at the end, and he finishes it up. Well, I need every coach in the staff room right now. And I'm like, golly, who pissed him off? Like, I'm like, I mean, this is two hours later. I'm like, man, somebody's done, done something. This has never happened before. Right. And we get up there, and I sit. His long, like, long square table. And I sit, he's at one end of the table, and I'm at the other end of the table. And so he's he's going down the deal like this, and he looks on, like, around what we call the outfield. And he doesn't see, he doesn't see uh, um, uh, damn, 
strength coach. Scott uh, Cochran. It's Cochran. Doesn't see Cock. Mm-hmm. He says, where's Cock? And I look over, and he's not there. He looks at me and says, go get him. And so I'm texting him. I'm going to this long deal. And uh, I get to the back door that goes to downstairs, the secret door that goes to the weight room. And Cock's coming up, and he's like, what I do? I was like, dude, I don't know, but he's pissed. And he's confused. He's like, oh, shit. So we go in there and we sit down and it's going, I walk back in with a cop and it's just stone cold silent. Everybody's just sitting there. He's like, Hey, he's like, he's like, I want everybody to hear this. No one in this building is to say another word to JK. Does everybody <laughs> understand that? If he doesn't want to lift, he doesn't lift. He doesn't, and to this day, like he went out and bought like special weight equipment. And so to this day, in every like every drill, like to this day, or you know, this whole time, his whole career there, they would go to weights and he'd go off on his own and do his little kicking stuff and on the side. Nobody coached the guy for the rest of the time. Well, it worked. And dude, he was he was talented, man. So he was, He changed some games for them. Oh, dude. I mean, he's he is the best. I'm sure there's better. He's the best punter I've ever seen. That you ever lives. saw in person. Yes. Yeah. I don't. See, I didn't go out and look for a lot of them, but he could. He could crush it. I mean, it's not like you need him to be power cleaning if he's booming the ball fifty four yards. Dude, it was impressive though. Like to the point to where you have <clears throat> scouts there every day at practice and stuff, and like scouts would instead of like talking to whoever strength coaches or whatever, when he punted, it was like an amazement thing. I mean, he could just the hang time he could put on it. It was just. I mean, it's impressive. I mean, he was good. So, all right. Speaking of Alabama, yep. A lot of people worked up about uh, your buddy Kevin Steele getting the defensive coordinator <laughs> job. Y'all are tight. You're big buddies. You, buddies. Turns out you knew and you didn't tell. <laughs> Could have broken the news right here on McCready and Siski, but no. Had to protect a friend. Um, and then uh, Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, let's two things. Let's start with, start with Tommy Reese. I thought this was, was kind of the avenue. I didn't know Tommy Reese was going to be the guy. But you don't recreate the – um, there's no recreation. And so to go get a – I know a lot of Bama fans are like all up and tight. God, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to run that offense. He doesn't hire you to go run your stuff. He hires you to run that offense. They're going to use the same terminology. Um, And so going and getting a name coordinator at Alabama is very difficult. I mean, it is. Um. And you go all the way back, Major Applewhite was a young coach when he took that job. Um, I'm trying to think. Do you remember where um, McIlwain was before he was at Alabama? He was somewhere out west. Fresno State was where he was at. So he gets McIlwain from Fresno State. Then he goes to Nussmeyer, who was at Washington. And then he goes, and then that's when he hired Lane. Well, when he hired Lane as the OC, you know, Lane was – nobody was hiring Lane. Lane had just got fired from USC. Mm -hmm. Nobody was hiring Lane. So he hires Lane, and then he hires Sark. Sark had gone through his deal at, at USC, and then right. Loxley was on staff, and then, you know, then Dable was on staff. You know, it's like he's never really had to go out and get anybody in a long time because you're running his stuff. When they run, when they run power this, this, this fall, it's going to be called plant in the huddle. It's just what they do. When they run inside zone, it's going to be blunt or bobby, depending on if it's open inside or tight inside. I mean, that's just what they do. Um, and you can put your own flavor on it, you know. Sure. By call, the, your style of play, but you're calling the same play. So I thought I think that that's kind of anticlimactic. You just got to find a young guy who needs the Alabama on his resume. Okay. 
Uh, when it comes to my good friend Kevin Steele. I was going to say, Kevin Steele's not a young guy who needs Alabama on his resume. He no. already, already has Alabama on his resume. No, but... Were you surprised at all that he left Miami for no. Alabama? No, uh, there's some personal stuff there, getting back to Alabama. Um, you know, he's got kids, grandkids, family, everybody's from Alabama. He's from right outside of Tuscaloosa is where he's from originally, has a farmhouse there, the whole deal. But um, this is the third time he's been with Nick, right? So he was mm-hmm. there as his, his defensive coordinator his first year. Um, left, came back. He's the one who actually called me. When I first got my very first phone call to go to Alabama, Kevin Steele's the one who called me. Um, um, to say we're friends is probably an understatement. We we were next-door neighbors um, to the point to where we always made a joke where we were never never further than 20 feet apart from each other for like two years. Um, his bed, I shit you not, <laughs> if this was my bed, okay, okay, right here was the head of my bed, Right. I bet the head of his bed was at that wall. There was like three feet of grass in his bedroom faced. It's kind of right hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean there was there were two walls and a, and a small patch of grass in between. But to the point it was like funny is like so he's a big runner, right? And I get up, you know, I'm not You're a big runner. I'm, I'm not. You love some running. So I would get up, it'd be like, I don't know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, I'd get up and go get a cup of coffee and I would go in the kitchen and we had windows just like this, like with the the uh shades like that. My mine would be open. The kitchen window was facing his workout room, and so he would be in there running on the treadmill, and I'd be fixing my coffee. <laughs> just, and you're, oh, I'm tired. I look. He'd go. He'd look down and go. Like 25 minutes, we'd get in the car and drive to work together. 25 minutes later, so I mean, we spent a lot of time together. Um, good dude, um, good ball coach. Um, a lot of people are like having like I don't know. He gets a bad rap some for some people about coaching. Dude can can coach football now. He gets like he's been a head coach one time twenty years ago. He was almost a head coach recently. Yeah, um, I get that, but the guy can coach football. Sure. Everybody, and everybody's talking about, well, you know, he at Miami he did this. Look, being a coordinator is all about your players. How, how good are your players? And for somebody that actually understands X's and O's, okay, when you watch Miami, you didn't go, man, they're not prepared or they're in the wrong places. You can't put a guy unblocked at the quarterback and him not make the tackle when he when he misses a tackle unblocked that's not scheme that's player yes and a lot of that there's um, a ton of that ton of that um yeah grind says something about retirement too some I, I did see some reports on that that's inaccurate he's already he's reached his 10 years in alabama so when he signed soon as he signed his three-year deal at auburn his his 10 years were good um he needed those last three when he came to auburn grind he was vested. So he that was this is kind of making needed to get closer to family. Yeah. So he he's not going to make any more do, any more dollars um in retirement for going to Alabama. He's got plenty of money. So just need, got closer to family and grandkids in Mobile now cuz his son Gordon is the offensive line coach for Kane and uh, at South Alabama. Um so he's got his brother actually I think works at Auburn in the front office, but he's got a lot of uh a lot of family in Alabama, so I'm happy for him. Um, and he's a stud of a stud of a guy. And we still go to vacation and see those guys. He vacations. He's got a house. I won't tell where he's got a house, but in the Charleston, Greater Charleston area. Gotcha. And we we go and see each other on uh, summer vacation. We're brought to you by Walk On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine. Po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out 
in Oxford or Ridgeland in particular, if you live in Oxford or uh, the Jackson area, but if not, you live elsewhere, uh, stop at your local walk-ons. Tell them that um, you appreciate walk-ons sponsoring our programming. And I saw they opened one up in Opelika today. Is that right? I did. I saw yeah. that on social media. I know they were a big part of the uh, Reese's Senior Bowl last weekend. Yep. So, yeah, walk-ons. Check out their app. Uh, their their uh, Walk-Ons app is fantastic, or you can also order online at walkons.com. That's walk, W-A-L-K-O-N-S.com. You make anything of this Todd Monken doing all these NFL interviews? I mean, it tells me he wants to go to the NFL. Man, he's going for his second interview with the Baltimore Ravens. And for those that don't know, he's the offensive coordinator at Georgia. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it tells me... <clears throat> Look, we talk about this a lot, probably to the point where people get tired of it. There's a lot of college coaches that are looking at the current landscape, and if they have NFL opportunities, they want to pursue it for a number of reasons. <clears throat> Line on a resume. Going to recruit. Lifestyle in the part of the – for any coach, in season's a grind. Right. If yeah, it doesn't if, matter if, what level. If, if you're high school coaching, inside the season is a grind. I tell people all the time, I never worked any harder as a college coach in season than I did as didn't as a high school coach. Right. It's co season a season. But for the NFL guys, when the season ends, after you get a chance to catch your breath and you get back into the building, you know you're there at eight thirty in the morning, and you're leaving at four thirty in the afternoon, five sometimes a little earlier, sometimes you stay a little later. But there's but like on a Friday, you're out at. 2.30, 3 o'clock, they, they don't want you to burn out because they want you to be fresh. And you have some mini camp things come in and you're busy again and you've got some draft stuff yeah. and, and they'll send you to... Positional draft stuff. Positional draft stuff where you evaluate some film and some things like that. But you're not recruiting. You might recruit during a free agency thing. A free agent might come into the building for a day and you might be saying, hey, we're going to go to dinner. Come right. meet us at whatever. But you get my point. Right. It's not this. It's not what Todd Munkin's having to do on Kirby's smart staff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Kirby Smart's a guy that is very vocal about this, and he's right. He, Kirby Smart's winning not because Kirby Smart's out coaching everybody. Kirby Smart's winning, and he's a hell of a good coach. Don't get me wrong, but he's winning because he's got players. They got the better players. He'll tell you that up front. He's one of the few that'll actually tell you. He'll tell you up front. Look, this is about we got to have players. This is about players. He, Kirby Smart doesn't line up across from Clark Lee and go, "Hey, Clark, I'm about to X and O your ass to death, buddy." <laughs> he no, can, of course. But, yeah, he can, but, but I mean, you know, that, it, but if they did, it would be you know, yeah. it'd be, it wouldn't be fifty two to nothing, right? When it was over. Clark Lee would probably hold his own on the whiteboard. Yes. Okay. It's players. And Kirby's one of those guys who's going to recruit his ass off himself, so of course he's going to expect his staff to do it too. And I'm sure that some of these guys look at it and go, again, it's nothing personal, but you can get out. Yeah. And you can have a weekend off, and you can go see little Johnny play t-ball, and you can do whatever. And, and there's more and more of that. And until – not to get on this topic again, but I mean, you know, for every coach I know, you know, a hundred, but the ones that I know, I, they are unanimous about this. This like deal has to, something has to give it, it, It's you're asking people to recruit year round constantly. And you're having to recruit your own players and you're having to, re- that's the biggest problem. You're having to recruit for the biggest time. So the high school guys, now you've got these portal windows that are insane Let's be honest, you've got the tampering window where you're recruiting, but you're having to be super careful about it, which makes it even harder, really. And so you've just got all this stuff. And so if you told me that Todd Munkin's just really serious about getting back to the NFL because he's compared the two and he goes, that's a better lifestyle, that's what I'd buy. Yeah. Um, Grind said, I guess saving is just different. I mean, no, I, I think um, I think of what you see in Kirby. I mean, Kirby works like Coach Saban. There's just not many guys out there that do it. I mean, that's just the facts. Um, and I've said this on here a hundred times, but I've never seen a human being, much less a football coach, work like Coach Saban. Um, but you don't mind working for a guy? It, here was my thing. I enjoyed the grind at Alabama. Again, I messed up a little bit, right? I enjoyed it, but you know what made it easier is I knew that no matter how hard I worked, the guy that was sitting behind the chair wasn't like, hey, y'all do this. I'm not going to work. You know what I mean? Like, Sure, of course. Hey, I mean, you knew that everybody in the building was working like Everybody that. was. And, you know, he's going home at nighttime watching 10 guys a night. You know, he's on vacation. We're loading up 100 guys, 150 guys on vacation. Two weeks later, we're having to put another 150 guys on, you know, on his vacation. I mean, he works literally nonstop. I mean, he does two things in all season. He's either watching recruits or he's watching next year's opponents. I mean, like, no downtime. Guy grinds. Um, there's no wasted time now. 
and he gets after it. But there's just not um, – <clears throat> when it comes to the difference now, when it comes to the, talking about the time, most of the time suck comes recruiting your own players. Um, that's because they are getting tampered with, and you have to recruit them to stay yeah. in, a, in, a, in a nutshell. So yeah. that's, where, that's where all the time sucks coming. But I would be – but this is the second one with Baltimore – my interest level here is this: is I think Todd Monken's a great coach, um, really, really good offensive mind. I'll be interested to see if he does go. What does Kirby do? And this is why I say that: is he's everything he's done's been the uh, coach Saban model, right? So does he keep the same terminology? Like that's a big thing with Nick, right? Talking about new coordinators, it's just one person learning new techno- uh, terminology instead of a hundred people learning, right? So that's I'm be interested to see if he does that or not. If he leaves. How attractive would that Georgia OC job be? Shit. <laughs> Sign me up, cuz. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, again, it goes back to players, right? I mean, I'm an offensive guy. I've been an offensive guy my whole life. But two years ago, I could have coached Georgia's defense. And I've never coached defense a, a snap in my life. And we could have ran cover one and cover zero cat coverage. Hey, we're playing man free and cover zero, and we would have been a top 15 defense. Yeah, just go get them. I mean, just go get them. I mean, it's all about players. And same thing on offense is I used to laugh all the time. So um, when I became a high school coach, I came from college, and, I, and I'd go in the first game, you'd have all these guys schemed up. And you just couldn't do adjustments fast enough with people on staff because they didn't understand whatever it was, right? Um I became a better high school coach when we started, when we went on our big winning streak and started really winning, I was designing plays that I knew the defensive coordinator had me beat on the board because he wouldn't adjust because I had Mark Barron and Ivan Matchett and AJ McCarron and Destin Hood. I mean, like I'm literally taking running speed option, not blocking. Like you can either block the, you know, you want to block the flat coverage defender pitch man, basically on speed option. Nah, just take him, take him to the high safety. Because if the defensive coordinator knew that he had a guy for your guy, he would never adjust. And he'd stay in the same thing because he had you beat on the board. The only problem was is my X was better than his O. And Mark Barron was going to make his guy miss seven out of ten times and going to score a touchdown. Yeah. I was designing I plays. Like, I was taking, you know, ISO and power. I was taking my front side combo all the way to the back. All the way to the back, just leaving the Mike linebacker. This is how dumb it was. I was leaving the Mike linebacker completely unblocked on purpose because I knew the defensive coordinator would never adjust, but I knew that their guy took couldn't tackle my guy seven out of ten times. Yeah, I get it. And so no, if you have the if you have the that's when we started rolling on offense, is because nobody was adjusting anything and we were just out there just beating you one on one, and the defense coordinator gets pissed and frustrated because he can't there's nothing he can do. Except he's like, Coach, I, I got somebody right there in the hole. And they can't, I mean, what else can you do? And they won't try all the exotic shit. Because that's where I made my mistake early in my, when I came to high school is I'd scheme people up, and they would come up with some exotic blitz or something like that. And then I'm having to adjust. No, nah, man, just run my stuff. Teach the kids to, the most unsound football you've ever heard <laughs> of in your life. But they just couldn't make the play. That's how we won whatever 55 out of 58 games where it was. You had the superior athletes. It, dude, it was it was like play, it was playing a video game. It's like watch watch basketball. The most athletic teams win. The yeah. teams that can shoot the ball best win. Yeah, 
means kind of how it works. That's why at the NBA level, sometimes you'll get schematics and stuff that kick in because everybody's really, really good. At the NFL level, you'll see stuff that's works because everybody's really good. I mean, nobody's Patrick Mahomes who can play without an amputated leg, but I mean, <laughs> but everybody's really good. So coaching kicks back in. The yeah. college game's about recruiting. That's it, man. It's just about recruiting. It's really on any level in any game you play. If your X's are better than their O's, you win. But um, group of five head coaches becoming coordinators is this is this money? Let's look. Let's. I'm just. I'm not going to say who it is. Okay. I think we're going to have another one occur here shortly. Okay. I think you're going to have another group of five head coach leave to become a coordinator at a power five school. I think it's money. Obviously, sure. They can make it easily, easily double what they're making as a head coach. Um, some of them, not all of them. Two is this. You're starting to see a little trend. I've had some conversations with some guys. I think you're going, I think you're, it, if you're a really successful coordinator at a big school, it may be easier for you now to get a big time head job than it would be jumping from the head coach of a uh, lower group of five school to, um, to that school. So take uh, Sean Lewis, for example. Sean Lewis left. Uh, he was at Kent State. Did a great job at Kent State. He, he became Dion's offensive coordinator out uh, at Colorado. Mm -hmm. And, uh, look, I, I got a lot of respect for the guy. Um, Sean Lewis, met him very briefly. He wouldn't know me if I if I, we met in a dark hall somewhere. But um, he was the one that uh, I think I've told you this story, story privately is when we were in those – we played them here at Ole Miss one year. I don't remember what year it was, and it was like a 1,000 rain delays. And we were beating them by like 30-something points with like four minutes to go in the game. And he was not going – you know, it was his first year, and he was not going – he was going to teach his kids to finish the game. He wasn't going to pack it up and go home. And we stayed <laughs> like four hours to play like five minutes or whatever it was. But I got a lot of respect for the guy. I think he's done a great job. I think he's a good offensive mind. But I think you're going to see another one happen here shortly. I don't want to out the guy, but I think there's a deal getting done. Or one trying to get done. Be something to look for in the near future. Okay. Um, and then how about this? Zach Arnett at Mississippi State hired my main man Joey Jones and Steve Campbell. But um, Joey was retired, right? He had, Joey was retired. He was in Birmingham. And what about Steve? Uh, I don't know what Steve was doing. He, I think he was still getting paid by South Alabama. But Kane, if you're listening, which I know his wife listens, I don't know. Kane listens from time to time. Um, I get, it looks like if it doesn't work out for Kane at South, I think it is. He's got a job at Mississippi State. <laughs> like So, Zach Arnett went out and hired every head coach in South Alabama history not named Kane Walmart. Kane, except yeah. for Kane. I think Kane's doing okay right <laughs> Kane's now. Kane's okay. Yeah. But, no, here's the interesting thing. I like what he's doing here. I think he's he's kind of – Zach's kind of being a little cutting edge here. Um, player culture, as we know, is a big problem. And he's hiring – head coaches to help the culture and help with the kids and uh, to talk to them, give them another voice outside someone that's coaching them every day that's been there, done that, um, in the player development uh, standpoint to help with that uh, because it's a big issue. It's interesting you say that because I've been doing a little deep dive on some basketball people. And one of the basketball people I've been doing a deep dive on, just in case, is our Will Wade, the former LSU coach, yep. who has a podcast now. And on his podcast, he talked about culture being, quote, bullshit. 
He said culture is just about winning. Just win. If you win, culture's good. If you don't, culture's bad. Is it that simple? No. No. I like like I like Will Wade too. I do too. I, I like him. That is bullshit. Come on, man. You can't I disagree with that 200%. If you have poor culture and you lose, you seem to lose a lot in a row. It falls apart fast. It falls fast. apart quick. Right. Okay, you got to have Look, there's there's going to be um adversity in every team, every all any team that you have, there's going to be adversity, right? Um you have to have the right culture to get through that. You can't just because if you don't have good culture and good leadership and understanding and belief in the coach and things like that and belief in the message and what you're doing, things is contagious, man. It falls apart. It can be really good. Now, if you're winning, that's what I call being a front runner. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you're a front runner and everything is hunky door and everything's great, everything's great. The second you get punched in the mouth, how do you respond to that? That's culture to me. See, to me, this is one of the real risks about programs that are super portal heavy. Oh, yeah. If you don't get off to a great start and you haven't had a chance to build culture and to build camaraderie and some of that stuff, it'll fall apart quick now. Yeah. And you can't get it back because you, 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 you can't fix it in the middle of the year. Yeah. And I know, obviously, know Joey very well, worked with him for three years. Um, I know Steve a little bit, um, not a lot of bit, but I know, I know Joey a ton and he's, dude, he's a stud, man. I, I love Joey. Um, I've talked to him the last couple of days. I'm excited for him and his family. Um, but look, the game's better with him in it. He's just a good, he gets it. I mean, he knows how to be, build culture and that's what, that's what he was the best at. And he was a hell of a player, um, obviously. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for him because of, uh, he was one of my heroes growing up, so um, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that he's back in the game. Um, he'll be doing some recruiting stuff and things like that. But look, I, I I love the guy, so I'm excited excited about him and the opportunity he's getting. Got something on. Um, there was something in the stream that reminded me of this. I meant to write about this in my ten thoughts piece at RebelGrove.com yesterday, and I just didn't do it. I was having one of those days where I woke up and I was like, okay. I have no idea what I'm going to write about. No clue. And so I come sit up here with a cup of coffee and I stare at the computer for a minute and I'm like, just, just go, just start, start Neil. Maybe you'll get some momentum. Maybe you'll get going. Just, just get going. It's kind of like running. Yeah. The hardest mile is always the first mile. Um, without fail. When you get through the first mile, you're like, okay, that's okay. Here we go. Two second mile. And then you get to, you know, you're like three miles in. You're like, okay, I'm running now. So writing's kind of that way too, but I, I've sort of forgot. There's a guy it's a journalism guy. He's based in uh, West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia. He had some tweets yesterday that were pretty interesting. Just some random guy? No, he's a journalism guy, and he got a bunch of conference stuff right last year. Oh, gotcha. Like affiliation stuff. So he knows somebody. Clearly knows somebody, <laughs> yeah. He says if the Big 12 adds the right six – Pack schools, pack ten schools. It can see its yearly payouts go above the thirty-five million per school number, the way the current deal is structured, because those six schools are worth approximately two hundred million per year as a block. It talks about how there were four pack schools 
um, basically the Big 12 was trying to take some of the Pac-12 schools. Did he name them? Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado? He doesn't one. name them, but that's that's the rumor is that it's Utah. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, and Colorado. Yeah. Um, that's what I understand. Amazon did not want the full slate of Pac-12 games when they were doing their contract. They wanted 11 football games. They wanted the first choice each week, including the conference championship game, 18 basketball games. They offered a million, $100 million a year for four years. The scraps left, he says, would not net them the $150 million yearly from another network they'd need to match the original ESPN offer. So Amazon wanted to be the Pac-12's number one. It's pretty interesting. Um, all right, he goes, here's the count. Here's the conundrum. The maximum value for the Big 12 is six of the PAC schools. Every scenario has been exhaustively studied. And after adding six of the 10, any further additions dilute the money per school. The six that add the most are Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. But you can interchange Utah with any of those after the first three and still come out with a similar valuation. Here's where it gets murkier. Stanford would currently rather wither on the vine than join the Big 12, so you almost have to omit them from this group by default. But the California media market's a huge get for the Big 12 to get maximum valuation, so that leaves Cal, who also doesn't want to be associated with his words, not mine, for anybody who gets upset, breadbasket red states. Don't tell me politics aren't part of sports. Don't tell me politics aren't part of sports. Politics are absolutely part of sports. Well, isn't, it, isn't it these two schools are the ones that are holding up this whole playoff thing too? Well, maybe to a point until they get to the point where the, everybody looks at them and goes, hey, we gave you plenty of time. Yeah, they're going to wake up and be in the playing with Idaho. <laughs> he says, which further means San Diego State is an honest-to-God candidate that could potentially bring more value to the Big 12 than any of the four corner schools yeah so it's currently a buyer's market to get the big 12 conference to 18 members 18 18 he goes and then there's the matter of the two to four basketball only additions that are being eyed gonzaga and gonzaga st mary's maybe? villanova yukon st john's are st. also john's. courted as possible additions the big 12 in madison square garden just think about that for a few minutes um so there's a lot happening here. Yeah, here's the I, we we said this way back in this when we first started this podcast and all this stuff was starting out right. Everybody's trying to get to the 16 teams, right? That's kind of like the magic number. 16 is the is is the current magic number. Okay. Although the Big 12 apparently looks at it and goes, we're not we're not hostage to that number. I know, but just think about it. Yeah. Okay. There's 16 teams is the magic number. Well, you have five conferences. Five power five conferences. Well, they call it the power five. Okay, there's 65 teams in the power five considered. Okay. Yeah. Notre Dame being one, right? Mm hmm. By the old math, four times four times 16 is 64 by the old math. That's before we start all this common core bullshit. Okay. But back in the day, four times 16 was 64. Yes. And guess what? I didn't need a whole sheet of paper to write that out. Okay. Just kind of like, in my memory, right? Well, we don't want to. We don't want to. The kids who are behind, we don't want the, their feelings to be hurt. But my point is, so we. So, my point so is instead, what we, what, what, what we want to do is instead of saying, "Hey, 
This is just the way life works. Some people are smarter than others. Some people are better looking than others. Some people more athletic than others. What we want to do is we want to drag the top down. Because as a society, if we'll take the best, the smartest ones, the smart kids, and haul their asses to the back and, and, and stop them from growing, yeah. as a society, think how much more happy we'll be. It's amazing. But like four times... Common six- Core's <laughs> freaking stupid. Hey, four times 16... Is 64. Always. All right. Just that, memorize that it. That means one of the, by the old math, five minus four, and look, I didn't need a whole sheet to figure it out either, is one. So that means there's going to be one conference. Show me your work. I can't. I forgot my steps. I know that's wrong because I forgot my steps. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But there's only one. There's going to be somebody left out in the cold. Yeah. I've said this from the jump. It's going to be the Pac-12. Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it's going to be. And the only way the Pac-10, Pac-12 survive is to elevate teams to that conference. Bring in your Boise's, bring in all that, mm-hmm. you know, San Diego. San Diego State's going up jumping somewhere. But they got to bring in some of those West Coast, I mean, maybe even Utah State. Um, they're going to have to bring them in to survive. Oh, they're going to die. Yeah, they're going to have to bring them in to survive if they're going to survive. They're not going to survive. So it is what it is. We're going to have, at some point, relatively soon a super league it's the only way it's going to work well i still have to fill out my ncaa certification for my business <laughs> well you'll just need to give them all the paperwork from each day's transactions oh, oh my gosh. going back 10 years oh, oh my gosh also send them a, inside joke i'm sorry guys send them anything that you ever thought as well oh all right so before we get out of here today Yep. I had to get your thoughts on this. Okay. Okay. Before you do, let me tell you this. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products. You might notice today it's warming up a little bit. There's going to be more cold weather, but we know it's coming. You know it's coming. Thank God. We're going gonna gonna to get some spring, and then following spring, we're going to get summer. I know Tyler loves some summer. I do. I enjoy summer as well. One thing that you want to work in the summer is your air conditioning unit. You haven't been using it all that much lately, but we're also getting into that time of the year where you use the heat one day, use the air one day, use the heat one day, use the air one day. You're, you're, you're stressing your system. If there's any sign that your system needs a little work, get in touch with our friends at Comer and Southern. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, that area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, DeSoto County, South Haven, that area. Get in touch with our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. All right. I ha- I know this is a football sports podcast. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of comedy in my life. I mean, I don't know if I've laughed as hard. My wife made me laugh so hard uh, last night that I started crying about it. Yep. Were you following in this Chinese balloon stuff? I mean – like it took over my it took over my household it took over it took over my business I mean not really I mean I, I knew it was happening and I I would have predicted when it was over Montana I, I I predicted accurately that we would shoot it down we being what's left of the US military would shoot it down <laughs> once it got into the Atlantic Ocean and we had the Chinese's permission to shoot it down okay. That right. was the extent of my that was the extent of my thought about the balloon as I've mentioned on this podcast several times, I know this is hard to believe. I have a bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree in education. Okay. But I have a doctorate in common sense. You do. It's been awarded. You're you're very you're very common sensical. Yeah. So, with that being said, I have to apply 
my knowledge of common sense to the situation. Okay. And I just don't feel there was a lot of common sense applied to this deal. So I'm you, all ears. I'm curious now. You're, you're telling me, not you, I'm just saying in general. Yeah. You're telling me that the most technologically advanced, like when you turn on those TVs right there, I guarantee you when you flip that TV around on this back, it doesn't say made in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> guarantee. Yeah, all right. Probably true. The, the most technologically advanced country in the world that has has to fly a freaking hot air balloon over the top of a country to get spy information at 60,000 feet, where at 40,000 feet above that balloon, they have about 187 satellites staring down at us at all times. Agreed. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's one. All right. So cool. All right. Two is as the United States government, I looked this up for shits and giggles. Do you know how much an F-22 Raptor cost? That's the that's the fighter jet that shot it down, just in case you are curious. I, I don't. I mean, $216 million per plane. Okay. All right. A Sidewinder missile, the one they fired. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much those cost per? I mean, uh, at, at several million dollars. No, just 400000 Okay. I don't know. So let's just call it now. This thing flew... Um, left China, went over Russia, comes to the Aleutian Islands. So it first uh, crossed United States airspace in Alaska and goes into Canada, actually came across like in Washington and gets to Missoula or Billings, Montana, where it was before anybody in public recognized it, right? Right. There is no telling how many planes that we were up there tracking this thing and flying around it. This for, wasn't the first days. time, though, that they sent a balloon across the continental I'm U.S. I'm sure, right? I mean, sure. Um, we spend all this money, right? And then finally, when the thing crosses, gets into the water at Myrtle Beach, we take a $210 million plane and we shoot a $400,000 missile at a hot air balloon. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was a big balloon. Look, I'm going to volunteer myself the next time this happens. Yeah. If you'll give me a Cessna, a case of beer, and a nail gun, we can, we can fly up there. Like, isn't it a little bit? Isn't so it a, stupid. Isn't it a little bit of an overkill to shoot a four hundred thousand dollar missile into a hot air balloon? And it doesn't even explode, by the way. It just popped it. Okay, we didn't. It didn't explode. All right. It didn't. Even, I mean, like, what? I mean, seriously, you could have got some redneck in a parachute off a Cessna with a nail gun and could have done the same damn thing. Don't you think it's a little bit of overkill? Of course it was overkill. Like what are we doing? Like, it was it was politi- it was political theater. It's like so many other things that we do now in politics on both sides of the aisle. It's total theater. It was theater. I just he, Biden was starting to get beat up. And so we decided to, to shoot a missile at a hot air balloon. Once it left once we got the permission of the Chinese to shoot it down. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like everybody's phone, not I'm sure you don't, but like I mean, they're banning TikTok. I mean, they're already on our phones. I'm going to have a conversation about this. And if I open up TikTok when I leave here, I'm going to have a path of the balloon on my on my TikTok. <laughs> I mean, they know everything we're doing anyway. And I don't know, man. I just, it was so hilarious. So do you, think, do you think it was the Chinese just sort of flexing their muscles a little bit, sort of taunting us a little bit? Or do you, I, what, I what do you think it was? I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. I'm with you. They, whatever they, they need to know, they already know. Yeah. That's, 
They've got satellites that they know where all of our nuclear stuff is and all that. But I don't know. I mean, it was almost like a troll. You know, what that's I mean? what I'm kind of mean. Like, I don't know. I mean, like a hot air balloon. Like, I literally, I think I texted you. It's like, I mean, what are we doing? It's like riding horses to to California instead of taking a plane. I mean, a hot air balloon. Like the most technologically advanced country in this world flew a hot air balloon over our country. I think it was trolling us a little bit. Maybe supposedly they fly. They've done this all the time, and people usually don't see them because they're so high up. People don't usually spot them, and for whatever reason, it got spotted and it became the story. And then you had the explosion that wasn't in Billings, Montana. And I don't know. But the other thing is, like people were talking about, oh, why didn't they shoot it down over Montana and all that stuff. I don't know, but I can tell you this. I know that I can tell you this. I know that missile that they shot at it did not explode when it hit the thing. It had to go somewhere. It had to hit the ground somewhere. They probably didn't want a missile, a sidewinder missile landing in downtown Billings. Probably not. It wasn't really. I don't think it was the five solar panels that they were worried about hitting the ground. I think it was the missile that they shot through it that didn't even do anything but pop it. I mean, it's not going to blow up on contact. They probably didn't want that thing hitting the ground, I imagine probably knew that it was on its way i think that's the question some people have is why'd you let it fly why'd you even let it get into american airspace here's the other thing i will say this i will not uh i don't want to get this very political i'll let you be the political guy i think it's pretty evident what's where i am where i where i stand but at the same time dude it's not like look the dude's not gonna be sitting up there and going oh shit you know I guess we got to let it fly all the way across our country before. I mean, they they had to know what its capabilities were. They had to know it wasn't a threat. They, there was a, so many. I would, I would hope. I mean, dude. I would think so. All the technology we have, we could have gone up there and shot a harpoon at the thing and lassoed it if we wanted to. I mean, it, it, it's not. I mean, this is a balloon. It's not a, it's not a spacecraft. It's so a this, balloon. So this is where their lack of transparency hurts them. Yeah, sure. You know, and it's also where you see that a balloon can lead to such divided divisiveness in our country tells you that we're more divided today than we've ever been dude you would have thought it was the craziest thing i've ever seen it was like i mean you know you got the you got the uh republicans are calling him a coward because he hadn't shot the thing down yet and then i mean they could have shot it down in alaska you got the democrats saying oh you know this has happened before i'm sure it's happened a lot there's so much shit that goes well, supposedly, on. It, supposedly it would happen during the Trump administration and they just wouldn't tell him because they were afraid that he would be like, no, we're taking the son bitch down right now. I'm sure. And so he just her sources. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> it just gets idiotic. Yeah. But I, I no. to answer your question, I really wasn't all that captivated by it. I mean, I was like, ah, whatever. It's a balloon. I mean, <laughs> people are like it's going to take out our, our electrical grid. I'm like, I got a feeling it probably won't. I just, could you imagine, like, you know how you, like, study history? Like, 70 years from now when you, you learn about what caused World War One, what caused World War Two, The thing that caused World War Three was a hot air balloon flying over the country that was shot down a hot air balloon. Would that be classic? You do wonder if, not to go too conspiratorial here, you do wonder if the Chinese sometimes are seeing, how much can we get away with? Sure. Because they want to see what our reaction is going to be when they move on Taiwan, if they move on Taiwan. What's what's our what is our reaction as a country? And I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not enough enough of an expert on those things to weigh in. I just sometimes sometimes I wonder if the Chinese look. The Chinese are behind the fentanyl crisis. 
I mean, that's that is an attack on our country. Um, they're using the southern border to push fentanyl into our country, and it's designed to kill American kids. It is. It's what's built. It's what's meant for. That's an attack on our country. They own a lot of our land. They own their. They. It's. I mean, we have an issue with the Chinese. We. We do. They're they're not an ally. They don't like us. Did they take over the Pro Bowl? It's possible. I think that's where. It's possible. I think that's very evident. I mean, hey, I bet they do the hip drop tackle in China. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I think it's legal over there. Can you imagine how good Chinese Patrick Mahomes is? I mean, God almighty. What's, that dude. What do you think he's doing today? You think he's filling up hot air balloons or you think he's, what do you think he, Chinese Patrick Mahomes is doing today? Oh, he's just filling up balloons. Filling up balloons? Yeah, methodically. <laughs> On one foot. I just, I hey, you talking about hand-raised guy? That guy? Hey, no, you got hand-raised guy, right? You're in China. And they go, all right, look, guys, what are we going to do? What can we do to get some information in America? Sat- we got, Hey, we got this $4 billion satellite sitting right above them. We can look at No, no. Hey, we got. Let's put a hey, balloon. Hey, look, we got this app called TikTok, and we can get all their information anytime we want it. Nope, 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 nope. Got an idea. Let's blow up a balloon. That was a big, big ass balloon. Now. <laughs> Let's blow up a balloon. A balloon the size of three school buses. That's a big balloon. It's a big balloon. It's a lot, a lot of plastic. Let's blow up a balloon. Let's hey, and let's. Like you a, think it was even had any? What was on its payload? Do you think it had anything? Or do you think it was just an empty balloon? I bet you there was absolutely. I bet you nothing on that thing worked. If you made me guess, I bet everything was. There was nothing. There were no top secrets on that balloon. I'm guessing. <laughs> no. Hey, look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna blow up a balloon and we're gonna put our most technologically advanced spy stuff on this balloon. But they won't shoot it down. They won't. There's nothing on that thing. I bet it didn't work. I bet it wasn't plugged in. It had no battery. I bet it was just, just floating around. Like, hey, hey, don't we have some extra? They did say that, they did say that something was directing it. That it it wasn't just at the whim of the winds. It wasn't just like following the jet stream. Well, it just it went over nothing sexy after after North Dakota or wherever the. I mean, the only thing it really went over was uh, some of the missile silos missile or something or whatever yeah. up in the Dakotas. But after that, I mean, I don't know why it took a left-hand turn in Kansas City. I don't know if it heard about the good barbecue over there or something could've. like that. I mean, could have said, hey, I want to get that secret rendezvous recipe. What mm-hmm. is that? Yeah. That's what I want to know. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> I just – I think it's comical. I'm not – but I'm in my, I'm by myself on this, by the way. We had some – people think I'm too light on the conversation. I'm the same way. I've, I've had – believe it or not, people are like, are you not worked up about this? I'm like, no. Nah. I mean, it's a balloon. You'll have to tell me more before I get worked up about it. All right, last thing. I want to get us out of here. Okay. What do you turn to? Like, football's over with. Let's take basketball. Are you just basketball from here on out? Or what? What? If you take out basketball and the Cubs, are Ooh. you watching anything from now to football season? No basketball, no Cubs. No bas- No NBA. Okay. No basketball, because you'll, you'll say March Madness. But no basketball, no Cubs. What are you watching? What gets you through the football season? Um, I'll read more. Okay. Um, I'll get out more. I'll go. Go to Blind Pig twice in a month. 
No, no. <laughs> I'll probably go back. I mean, like, so what was that? That was that was February. I'll probably go back to Blind Pig like in December. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was my outing. Um, as I walked away, I was like, "Yeah, it was fun. I was there for help. <laughs> Be back in ten months." Um, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. God, it's just so. Um, I don't know. I, I'll. I'll I'll hang out outside more. Okay. Um, grill. Yeah, I'll grill more. Um, Any I'll, sporting events? Anything catch your attention besides no the Cubs? No. Baseball? I mean, I'll watch other baseball teams, but but no. Really? Not, not really. I mean, and I'm cool with that. Like, I'm not a big TV person. It was one of the reasons that like, I was like, we got to get rid of direct TV because nobody – We don't. what do we watch? Like literally, what do we what do we watch on Direct TV? What 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 is it that we're we're paying all this money for? Like, we don't watch a lot of HBO. We, I mean, Laura and I are like a million years behind on Netflix and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not a big TV. So I'll I'll hang out outside and I don't know, take dogs for a walk, stuff like that. I, nothing really. I feel like I'm the reason I want to bring this up is I feel like I'm being targeted by sports. Like I. When football's over with, I, I like college basketball, and I'm taking those out, and I like the Braves. So that's why my my basketball and my Braves are equal. But love golf. Yeah. Watch it on TV, and I play fantasy golf. You love, watch NASCAR. Watch NASCAR. Like, example, first NASCAR race was, and it was like the Bush Clash or whatever, that was Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so you got the Super Bowl coming up, and then the week after the Super the week after the Super Bowl, Daytona start. Yeah. That's Daytona. So it feels like it just slides right in. So why do you feel like you're targeted? It feels like they're trying to help you. And then I'm big UFC, golf, yeah. and NASCAR. Mm-hmm. And this weekend on Saturday night, we got a big UFC pay-per-view this weekend. So it's like boom, 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 boom. Everything hits right. You know, you got the waste management, which is the first elevated event in the, you know, the PGA's first elevated event with a full. So it deal. feels to me like the sports gods are trying to take care of you. They are. Like, I, I don't do miss you, a do you want Do you want them to give you a break? No. I feel good. Like, I, I enjoy it. Like, I get just as much enjoyment watching those three things. It kind of takes up my football, if that makes sense. Like, sure. you got UFCs on now. UFC will go on a run where they're on every Saturday night from here on out. Yeah. Golf is on every weekend. You got NASCARs on Sunday, mo- every once in a while, Saturday. But it kind of just leads you up in the football season. But now, what's crazy with me is when I say it feels like it's targeted. As you look at the PGA, they've moved their schedule up to where it's finishing now, right before the start of football season. Like sure. Everybody's adjusting, and it's like those three entities are fighting baseball for that mm-hmm. window because I think you've addressed it many times how young people aren't watching baseball as much anymore. Hardly. And so ever. there's there's a lot of a lot of time there. It's like if I'm Major League Baseball after this coming season. Shohei Otani is a Yankee or a Cub. Braves. Braves would be fun. Red Sox. Something like that. But he's playing on the Eastern or Central time zones. Yep. He's not playing in Los Angeles. We've tried that. I know it's the Angels, not the Dodgers. But he's not playing the bulk of his games starting at 10.05 Eastern time. Yeah. I got I to gotta play. I, I need him. Frankly, I need him in one of my big markets 
and I need him for a t- Phillies. I, I, he got to play for a team. He needs to be big market East Coast. Big market or Mets or Yankees, probably. You could. I mean, I, I know I'm biased when I say Cubs. this, but yeah, you could put Cubs. him with the Cubs because yeah. the Cubs have a big could, national following. You could put him with the Cardinals too, but you're not going to like that. No, we're not. Can't put him there. I don't think the Braves no. can afford him, but. Um, but things like that, if I, I'm fixing it, I'm, I got to get it fixed. Like Mike Trout, I'm getting him traded. I, I mean, if I'm baseball, I'm I'm panicked a little. I you I've got to I've got to build some sort of a national brand with players that resonate. Yeah, and Otani's Otani is just too good in so many ways to let him languish with the Angels. Do you have any any interest in watching golf, NASCAR, and or UFC? I mean, no, not really. Um, I mean, if you told me there was some UFC fight that I needed to watch and there was, you showed me why I'm watching it, okay. Um, I, I listen to Rogan a lot, and he talks about UFC, so sometimes I'm at least in, in, attuned yeah. to it. Um, I'm, I, I, don't, I just don't like golf. I don't know anything about it. I don't understand it. I, don't, I, mean, I, I get it, but I just didn't play. I never Justin played. Justin Rose won today, four years since his last win. It's like one of the longest drive and justin rose could walk into here and i would not know him really yeah i would have no idea who he is really yeah and then nascar not really have you been to a race never been we need to go i mean i I would i would go i would at least see what it's all about i've been to i've been to professional golf we can go to talladega i can can get hooked up there and golf's fine it's i mean i have no i have no issue with golf but like i don't i don't play I, you you know when you live here, for example, if you want to go play, you probably need to go to the country because we can go to the Ole Miss course. But you, it's hard to. I don't. I'm just not. You Dude, don't. You, you can be the worst golfer ever. You got a chance at the at the Ole Miss University course. You just don't pick up golf in your fifties. Sure, you can. You can't. I don't have time. It's not that hard. Just swing really hard. <laughs> no, no. I've I've you played. I've played enough to know that it's hard. That's what I do. I just swing really hard. Just hit it a long way. I don't care where it goes, and that's the great thing about the university course out here. Hit it as hard and as far as you want to, and you'll always find your ball. It's hard to lose a ball out there. That's good because you play like some of these courses, you can't find the ball. Um, but no, I mean, I, I will watch. I will watch a lot of NBA. I watch the NBA playoffs. I like them a lot. I like the NBA playoffs a ton. It's one of my favorite things. And then um, <laughs> the Cubs this season will be a perfect Cubs season for me because they're going to be right around five hundred. Yes, yeah, super chat over there. Oh. <laughs> Can't tell. I need a live show. Um, this will be a perfect cup season for me because there's no expectation, and I don't think they'll suck. Like last year, they were done May fifteenth, and it was over. I think this year they'll at least be competitive. I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to finish third in the Central. Cardinals will win it. Brewers will finish second, and the Cubs will be right there. I think the Cubs will be competitive with the Brewers. And if you tell me that the Cubs in, in late August are on the fringes of the wild card race where it's at least interesting, I'd buy it. Yeah. And that's all I need. If you haven't been to a NASCAR race, the only thing I would ever say about people say they don't like NASCAR, not into it, go to a race. Okay. It's, it's, it changes your perspective. That's the only thing I'll say is like before you just kill it, this go what, to a race. here's what does not appeal to me about it. I've heard people say they go and they camp out for like four days and, 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 don't no, I've sh- done that. that that's don't not shower it. and all this. I'm like, no, that's, no, no, not that's, that's not for me. So I'm good. My hometown is very close to there. Yeah. And I go with some people who have some digs close to there. We don't now we'll go at we'll go Saturday night late, okay, and then come back and sleep in like a normal a normal person's place, normal bed. Gotcha. But the concert and everything like that on Saturday night's fun. So that's all I got, boss. All right. 
Appreciate everybody being in the stream with us. We've been brought to you by Rain. Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We'll be back on uh, Thursday. Make sure that. Uh, it's the last Make It Rain of the year. Yeah, last Make It Rain Thursday of the year. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Patrick Mahomes' ankles better by Thursday. God, I hope so. I don't know how he's making. It I bet just, you don't know who I'm picking. Oh, I bet I do. <laughs> I feel confident we're going to be on different sides of the Super Bowl. It's all personal for here on out. Yeah, for me, it's just I want them to lose. So <laughs> the more the more they lose by, the better. Chase was like, what make you watch it? I'll be, if someone calls me and goes, hey, Kansas City's about to lose, I'll probably turn it on. You're going to watch. I don't know that I will. I, 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 I despise them right now, and I'm still a little bitter about what happened, and I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I'll turn it on. I really don't. To totally honest, Neil. I'm being honest. I don't like Philly either, <laughs> and so I. It's like so Philly's gonna win. Well, that's good. Till I think about Philly winning, then I'm like that sucks. I don't like the Eagles, but I hate the Chiefs. I'm having a very difficult time because I know people that are on the Eagles, mm -hmm. and I know coaches that are on the Eagles. I love them. Great people. But it's still the Eagles. The fans. Yeah. The Eagles fans. They suck. The Eagles fans are ruining, ruining my expectation for this weekend. But um, yeah, I, I'm totally opposite with the Chiefs. Don't know a coach. I don't think I, I barely know a player. Just from a long time ago, mm -hmm. haven't had a conversation in a year. One of the very few teams. But I dislike the Eagles fans that much. Okay. Well, bet you don't know which way I'm picking. You're going Chiefs, and I know that. <laughs> You're going Chiefs. I'm going Eagles. I mean, it's going to be really anticlimactic. But we'll talk about that game. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll talk about the officiating. Maybe the officiating will take it over. I hope so. Hope, I hope it's the poorest officiating game in the history of football. Maybe we can get, like, um, North Korea to fly a balloon over by Thursday. That'd be great. <laughs> Just let it hover over the stadium where it's a major, major national incident. All right. Until, uh, until Thursday, thanks for being with us. We certainly appreciate it. For Tyler, I'm Neil. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.